0: This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. In this episode, we welcome Dan Regan. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting youth sport coaches and parents who help our children succeed both on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, CEO of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by professional coaches, Olympians, world-class athletes, general managers, and leading youth sports experts who share their insights from their own sports careers. In this episode, Tina Sire, Chief Impact Officer of Positive Coaching Alliance, steps in for Jim and talks with USA Men's Sitting Volleyball team member Dan Regan. Dan shares his story on how he started playing seated volleyball and what the sport means to him. He also shares how he respects the game's roots and what he looks for in a good coach.
1: There's a lot of, um, you got to work with personalities too and and getting them to mesh well with each other. Uh, I think that would be one of the challenges with volleyball, just like with other team sports, that you're working with personalities, not just
0: physical skills. Lastly, he discusses his experiences being a coach and how he helps his athletes overcome mistakes and the importance of making all athletes better and challenging them.
2: Dan, I want to start off by introducing you to our responsible sports audience. Dan Regan was born in St. Louis, Missouri. After graduating with a degree in business administration from Truman State University, he served in the U.S. Army, where he fought for our country and sustained injuries that resulted in the amputation of his right leg above the knee. He started to play volleyball in 2006 and eventually made the U.S. men's sitting volleyball team in 2010. In just his second year on the team, he was honored by USA Volleyball as the 2011 U.S. Men's Sitting Volleyball Athlete of the Year. Dan's international playing career has taken him around the world to tournaments in Egypt, Mexico, England, Bosnia, and Costa Rica for the Central American Games. He came home from Costa Rica with a gold medal, and in the gold medal match against Colombia, he led the U.S. in scoring. Dan currently lives in Edmond, Oklahoma. Dan, thanks for joining the Responsible Sports audience and me today.
1: Oh, well, I'm excited to be with you.
2: Dan, can you start off by telling our audience a little bit about your experience playing youth sports and um, what you really felt like the main benefits were for you um, from this youth sports experience?
1: Well, youth sports, it's interesting. Uh, you know, when I, was, when I was younger, I was playing different sports. I, w- I wasn't playing much volleyball, but uh, uh, it does kind of uh, flow into my uh, adult life. Um, when I was playing, when I was younger, um, sports was very uh, important as far as, uh, I don't know, keeping me in line, if you will. Mm -hmm. I found that when I was playing, uh, when I was younger, playing uh, uh, sports, and at the time I was uh, a runner and and played a lot of soccer, um, I found that uh, it not only uh, was fun to do, but it also helped me um, with other aspects of my life, uh, learning how to work uh, with others, you know, when you're playing team sports, for example. And also even it kind of uh, help with schoolwork. It helps you keep your focus and things like that.
2: That's really interesting. We've heard from a number of people that they feel like their grades are better when they're in season, which feels counterintuitive to some people. But I think that structure and, um, and the sports actually do help people perform better in the classroom, um, not just physically. So did you end up playing any sports at the high school level?
1: Uh, the high school level, I was uh, a cross country runner and uh, track.
2: Great. So, so I'm curious. When you sustained your injuries, did you really think that your athletic career was over?
1: Um, well, you know, I, when I sustained my injuries, I was, I guess, my athletic career was kind of over, if you will. I, I kept um, uh, involved in sports recreationally, but uh, you know, I was, I was my young thirties when I got injured, so uh, I wasn't doing much competitively, but. Uh, after my injury and, and trying to um, figure out the next stage in my life, it's kind of a life-altering event, if you can imagine. Um, you know, I, I, I took on to a lot of sports um, as a way of kind of healing uh, from my injury. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was introduced to the sport of sitting volleyball amongst many other sports that I tried. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. And, and they said it was, it was very, very instrumental in the healing process for me.
2: How did you actually find sitting volleyball?
1: Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I was, I was, uh, recovering at Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio and I was there for quite a while, uh, undergoing physical therapy, learning how to walk with a prosthetic, things like that. And, uh, um, at some point during that time, uh, the coach of the men's, uh, national team and the captain came down and kind of did a demonstration of the sport. And as I said, you know, I, I, I sat down and I played and just absolutely fell in love with it.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I'm guessing some of our responsible sports listeners might not be totally familiar with sitting volleyball and the rules, and I'm hoping you could just take a second to describe your sport to our audience.
1: Okay. Uh, well, sitting volleyball, and first, 1st first, uh, you're right, not too many people are familiar with it. I had never heard of it um, prior to my injury, and uh, subsequently after, I, uh, uh, when I was introduced to it, you know, <laughs> now I can tell you anything you want to know about it, but... The The game is pretty much the same as, as the standing volleyball game. Uh, if you think about the passing, setting, and the hitting mm-hmm. and serving, a um, couple of differences. The court is quite a bit smaller um, mm-hmm. and uh, you actually sit on the floor and when you make contact with the ball, you have to have um, some part of your upper torso, um, they'll call it your buttocks from your buttocks to you know your shoulders have to have contact on the ground when you make contact with the ball. Okay. Um, so you're, you're on a much smaller court. And uh, you still have six on six um, and very, very few differences. The court is quite a bit lower, uh, about 1.15 meters high for the men and 1.05 for for the women's women's.
2: And it sounds like it was a pretty quick. I think you may have said like a light bulb went on for you when you first started playing it. What do you think it was about sitting volleyball that just immediately had that light bulb go on for you?
1: You know, I don't know. Like I said, I tried several things. I I uh, uh, took up cycling. I took up kayaking. Mm-hmm. I, I did just about everything you could after I got injured, trying to, you know, it's 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 just one of those things that it was fun to do all those things, and I was trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do next, and and um, uh, when I, I just it was something about playing volleyball that it just absolutely clicked. I just loved it.
2: Well, I know I I was so impressed to read that after only two years on the U.S. men's team, you were honored as the U.S. Athlete of the Year in your sport. And I'm curious if you could share with us what you think made it possible for you to achieve, you know, that level in your sport, even after only being on the, you know, the men's team for two years.
1: Well, two things, I guess. Uh, One is, is, as you know, and probably the other athletes you you talk to can tell you and the coaches as well, when you have a passion for something, it's mm-hmm. it's not work, you know, okay. I mean, you know. We put in a lot of hours in this sport, and and to to be able to get out there day in and day out on the court, and sometimes doing repetitive drills that aren't necessarily individually fun, but you know, overall serve the purpose of of, of developing your skills for the sport. It, it really isn't work. Um, so that's one of the reasons maybe I was able to advance quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, the other with 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 I could speak for for our team, I guess, um, we just really have had a great close knit group of guys that have played, uh, together for, for several years mm-hmm. and, you know, they, we all kind of elevate each other.
2: That's a very humble answer. Um, yeah, no, I think it's so true when you're, when you're passionate about something and surrounded by people who, who you love to be with, um, it makes the work a lot easier. So, so I know your team experienced some disappointment when you didn't end up qualifying for the 2012 Paralympic Games in London. And I'm curious if you have advice uh, that you could give our responsible sports listeners about how to bounce back from this sort of disappointment. Because this is, you know, all athletes and all coaches face these sorts of disappointments. And what can we do to, to get past that and focus forward?
1: Uh, getting past it, you know, like you said, it was very difficult. You you spend a lot of time, you dedicate a lot of time to, to to achieving um, like getting, I guess, uh, achieving the highest goals, you know, that you can. And of course, the the Paralympic Games are the ultimate goal for us. You know, meddling at the at the Paralympic Games is are the goals you're shooting for. So, I mean, I, I can't say enough about how disappointing it was not to qualify. It really did hurt, but uh, bouncing back, you know it was just one of those things Well, we didn't do it now now it's, just, it's time to dig deeper mm. and and work harder and you know we have another four years from that point <clears throat> to to fix it and uh, once again, you know like i said it's 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 not work when you have the passion so um you know we've we had a core group of guys and we just, we, we just came together and we, we're digging and we' we're, we're, we're doing the things we need to do so that we can qualify for two thousand and sixteen.
2: So, when is the first opportunity to qualify for the Paralympics in rio and and how are you guys approaching approaching that?
1: well, our first chance to qualify will be actually next year at, at worlds okay. um in Poland and uh you know what what we're doing now is is we're just we're back to the basics you know um more more of the you know like i said monotonous drills of the passing and setting drills and all of the things that aren't necessarily the fun playing that you want to do but uh mm-hmm. they're the basics that you have to work on and you have to to fix those those fine uh, those uh, very small details uh to make yourself better so that's what we've been working on um and we'll continue i'm sure to work on for the rest of this year it's going to be that kind of uh, that kind of work
2: um, so I know in addition to actually playing volleyball that you've been coaching, and I'm curious what you feel like are the specific challenges to coaching that may be unique with volleyball um, as, a, as a coach, the challenges that are sort of different from the challenges as a player and learning to play yourself personally.
1: Um, well, specifically with coaching, uh, you know, you're working with, and I guess most of listen listeners know you're working with the, the – the, the, young people and, and uh, youth. And it's just, uh, you have a chance to, to make such an, an impact with them. Um, speaking for myself, you know, growing up coaches and teachers kind of fell right in line, right behind parents as far as mm-hmm. having an impact on, on a child's development. Yeah, And it definitely was the case for me. So it's, it's very important to, um, to remember that when, when, when you're coaching that you're, you know, they're looking up to you and you know, they may not always, uh, show their respect, but it's, it's typically, it's typically there. They just don't know it. And, um, so I think with, with volleyball, it's, it's, it's different, you know, um, well, in that it's being a team sport. It's not like coaching some individual sports where you can work with somebody just on their, on their, on their physical skills. Um, there's a lot of, um, you got to work with personalities too and, and, Mm -hmm. and getting them to mesh well with each other. Uh, I think that would be one of the challenges with volleyball, just like with other team sports, that uh, you're working with personalities, not just physical skills.
2: Absolutely, um, one of the things we talk about inside responsible sports is um, the importance of coaches helping athletes be able to deal with mistakes. So you know you're in the middle of the game and you you hit a you know a bad pass or your serve goes into the net and a lot of athletes tend to ruminate and just play that mistake over and over and, um, and they can't let it go. And I'm curious what approach you have with your athletes when they make mistakes either at practices or during games and how you approach that with them.
1: Uh, you know, that it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because that was probably one of the challenges that uh, that I've had to work on, um, you know, over past several years. And I used to, I used to get in my own head and, and uh, let one, one point or one play affect uh, you know the next point or two afterwards yeah. and uh, you know I, I don't know if I have any individual like uh, tips as far as um, uh, helping, helping someone remember that other than the constant reminders that you just have to have to tell them like you said to let it go and, and move mm-hmm. on and just forget it and just you know remind remind yourself too that it's it, it, at, the, at the end of the day it is just a game and even though you know you want to do the absolute best that you can it doesn't help you um, in advancing your cause by, by dwelling on what's happened in the past.
2: Was that something that you felt like you just learned on your own or are there certain coaches that you remember that have helped you sort of change your perspective on mistakes and, and get better at letting it go or moving on?
1: Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure as a, when I was younger, I'm not sure if there was a specific coach, um, you know, I, uh, that, uh, Made one specific thing uh to make me understand that, but as I said, coaches play such a, such an important role in a in child development, that, and I don't think that, that the youth actually most of the time I don't think the youth understand that it's happening at the time, and it's looking back when you're older, and you're looking back and and realizing that they had such an impact. But I, I'm not sure there was a specific coach. I mean. My uh, my running coach for track and cross country had a huge impact on me in high school. He was, you know, but, you know, not specifically for, I guess, um, letting something go and, and moving on, but uh, yeah. uh, just a good impact overall.
2: Tell me, tell me more about that coach because I think you know we really believe that the best coaches have a much bigger impact than just making a great cross country runner or a great volleyball player. But they're teaching those bigger life lessons and and ultimately making someone a better person, not just a better athlete. So reflecting on that high school coach, what did he teach you that you feel like is still helping you today?
1: I think he uh, helped teach a lot of responsibility and mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, uh, the ability to understand that you control your own, um, development, your own, uh, improvement. Um, mm-hmm. and of course, specifically he was working with, with, you know, an improvement in running and, and for track and things like that. But, but, you know, that carries over into the rest of your life. So, um, he, you know, he had a positive influence that way.
2: Um, so another thing we talk about is honoring the game, um, and it's, it's sort of a version of sportsmanship, um, but one that really focuses on respecting we sort of, we have a lot of acronyms. We talk about roots where you want to respect the rules, your opponents, the officials, your teammates, and, and yourself. Um, so respecting the roots of the game. And I'm curious in volleyball, are there specific ways that you feel like you're honoring your opponents, um, either before, during, or after a match?
1: Um, you know, I, I respect the heck out of all, all of them. So we come against, uh, you know, there are certain countries that, um, aren't as developed in the sport, um, because it's a relatively young sport than the sitting volleyball game.
2: Yeah. And
1: so, as I said, it's, it's, um, some countries haven't, um, you know, we are, for example, our trip to, to Costa Rica, we played against a couple of countries there who were, just, you know, in the last 10 years trying to develop their sport, you know, the sitting volleyball game. So, uh, but you know, while the competition level might not have been as good as let's say at worlds typically or at, um, uh, the Paralympics, uh, it was great working with them even at their level and, and helping them develop the sport. So there was a respect at that level, but at the same time respecting the teams that have been so good, the, the countries that have been so good for, for many years when we play against them, um, honoring um i guess to answer your question um you know when, when you're playing the sport there's so many things that you could get away with it's such a fast sport that the referees typically can't see everything um so you know just being honest if you will there's so many times where when you're blocking for example and, and the ball barely can barely touch you the ref, <clears throat> excuse me the ref will never see it but uh you know it's it's i guess being being honest and and Admitting that it was touching, or things like that, is showing respect for the other team as well.
2: Um, I guess one one more question. You know, when you're playing those teams that are newer to the sport, and they're just they don't have the history and and certainly the ability that that we have here in this country in sitting volleyball. Um, what can you like? What advice can you give to coaches or athletes when they find themselves in a similar situation where they're really outmatching the opponent that they're playing? And this could be in any sport at any level. Um, how do you continue to show respect and, and handle that situation when you're really you know a level or two above the opposition?
1: Well, um, you know, I, there's going to be uh, differing opinions on 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 how I answer this. I think, but uh, I've I've always been one that doesn't necessarily agree with playing down to right. the level of your opponent. And yep. uh, you know, you talk about you know, in college sports, for football, for example, where where teams are. You know, or accused of running up the score, and I I find it so difficult to play at fifty percent. When we we go and play recreationally with uh, friends, I find it so difficult to not hit as hard as I can hit. It's just so much. It's just your timing's off. Everything gets messed up. So, um, you know, when we play against them, I still play all out. And but at the same time, you know, even if even if you you. You run the score up on on the other team. Um, you know you you're still shaking hands and 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 you know high fiving across the net when they make a good play, that type of thing.
2: yep, yep, yeah. sometimes I feel like playing at fifty percent could even be more demeaning than uh, than going all out if that's
1: absolutely, I agree the, with you.
2: Yeah. Um, anything else a coach can do, and, and maybe some of it is just so obvious to you that it doesn't come to mind right away. But when when he looks out or she looks out and sees that her team is really you know gonna win easily, any any ideas for that coach of what she could do to mix things up a little bit?
1: Uh, you, you know, with volleyball, once again, being a team sport, you have a little bit of control. So you, you, when you're when you're when you're way up, obviously, it, it, you know, and I think coaches know this. It's the time to get your 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 non-starters in the game yeah. and uh and uh obviously you know keep keeping an eye on the score as well but i mean and and not you don't want to lose the match of course but i think uh it's a great opportunity to get the the players that aren't as developed uh, into the game
2: yeah i think it's also a great opportunity to let people play out of position you know if they've been wanting to try something new and they haven't done it before that's an opportunity um <clears throat> Great. Great. Um, well, Dan, I just wanted to thank you uh, so much for taking the time today to share with me and all of our responsible sports listeners. Um, you know, you certainly taught me, um, a lot about the sport of sitting volleyball, but even bigger life lessons that I think will help youth coaches and parents and kids. So thanks so much for taking this time with us today.
1: Well, absolutely. I really appreciate, uh, um, um, uh, having the time to, to talk to you. Um, I would encourage people. Um, to, to get out on YouTube maybe doing some searches on, on sitting volleyball. I think it's, uh, it's a sport that uh, most people don't know much about, and uh, it can really be implemented uh, for you know, elementary school teachers and gym teachers, things like that. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's not very hard to, to, to set up, and once, once you get down there on the floor and start playing, you'll be hooked.
2: Dan, that's great. I encourage people to do the same. Thank you so much. Well, thank you.
0: To learn more about Responsible Sports, visit ResponsibleSports.com. You'll find valuable responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and helpful advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.